Well, this morning, I wanna talk to you about behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Turn to the person next to you and say, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, God is always working behind the scenes. What we see out here, there's so much more that's been happening behind the scenes. Anywhere you go, any conference you attend or service you're at or uh, any movie that you've watched. In fact, nowadays, movies, when they come out on DVD or Blu-ray discs, they have a feature, a bonus feature called behind the scenes. I like to watch this feature because I want to know how it all happened. How did they make those explosions, you know? How did Jason Bourne get through all that stuff? I want to know what was going on behind the scenes. In fact, when I was younger, epic movies that were coming out, I remember uh, watching, you know, when Star Wars came out again, not the first ones that came out in the 70s. I wasn't alive. But when they started coming out with more, I was watching those. And then behind the scenes, it's crazy because they make these big battleships look huge, but then behind the scenes, it's like these little guys playing with Legos and, and special effects can change anything and everything. I remember uh, seeing the movie Titanic and then thinking what a massive ship and then finding out they'd only built like half the ship and they filmed it in a swimming pool and, and everything was so different than what it looked like. There's, there's more than meets the eye. It's not what it seems. And, and this morning I wanna tell you that there's things happening behind the scenes in your life that you don't even realize. There's things happening behind the scenes uh, in, in your kids' lives, in your parents' lives, in your friends' lives that you don't even realize. This last week, I was watching the Olympics, and I was watching these athletes do incredible things and, and win the gold medal. And I started to think, you know, we get to see their public display of incredible uh, uh, feats of strength, but we don't get to see behind the scenes all the stuff these athletes go through, all the pain, the ankle breaks, you know, the, the situations, the practices, finding out really what took uh, all these years to prepare for this one moment where they're going to be on TV and they're going to win a gold medal. And I realized that everything in our life, everything that we do for God, most of the time, God is working behind the scenes in our lives, and we don't even realize it. Most of the times, when we have an incredible moment publicly, it's because privately, we've been walking behind the scenes with God when no one was watching. And I'm telling you today that your greatest public victories come from your most private battles that no one else sees. Your behind the scenes moments that no one else is watching is what's gonna prepare you for your public victories where everyone is watching. I love this scripture in Isaiah 45 verse 15 and, and the message version says it like this, clearly you are a God who works behind the scenes. God of Israel, Savior God. Clearly you are a God who works behind the scenes. I think some of God's greatest work is behind the scenes. I think some of God's greatest work in my life, in your life, those that are watching on TV, it's behind the scenes. It's the stuff that no one else sees. You know, this week we had a great, uh, we've had a great conference and, and we've had in, incredible services, but you don't know what's been happening behind the scenes with the technical crew and, and the camera crew. And by the way, can we give a big hand to all the volunteers and all the behind the scenes people backstage crew that helps make all this happen, the lighting and the sound and the, the videos and all of that stuff. You know, my brother is one of those guys who's working behind the scenes and I wanna give him a shout out. Because I think about it, we get to see the public display 
But what we don't realize is all the work that happens behind the scenes. And God has something he wants to do in you behind the scenes because it's gonna do something incredible out in front for other people to see. The question is, are you aware uh, that he's working in you behind the scenes? One of the nights of this week was so powerful. Wednesday night, uh, Banning Liebscher was, was speaking, and, and it was so good. And I, I was watching people come down to this altar call, and Banning is the pastor of Jesus culture. He's the guy who kind of helped start the movement called Jesus culture that's now you know swept all over the world, and all these songs are being sung. And I remember watching it, and there was this moment where God was like, pause right? And so I kind of paused the moment. And I think about how in movies, you can pause the movie, and if you want to, you can kind of go out of the movie and go behind the scenes. What happened during this scene? What did it take for this moment to happen? And God said, just pause for a moment. And I began to just think, in the last 72 hours, Banning wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> we were supposed to have another guest speaker that was gonna speak this week at our conference named Carl Lentz, who's still gonna come when he gets better and preach for us. But I remember getting a text message from Carl Lentz, the pastor of Hillsong saying, Paul, I'm so sorry, I can't even talk right now, I'm so sick, I have an immediate surgery that's happening the day before your conference and the doctor won't let me fly out. So behind the scenes, I am freaking out. Like, I didn't tell you guys this on Sunday morning, but I found this news out literally last Sunday morning right before I'm about to preach. And God said, just chill out. Just chill out. It's gonna be okay. Because how you handle behind the scenes is really what's gonna happen out in public. If you can't handle situations, curveballs behind the scenes, you won't be able to release what God wants to do through you publicly in front of everyone else. And so God said, just trust me, I'm working behind the scenes. Just trust me. At that moment, I didn't know who's gonna come this last second uh, uh, to come speak for us at the conference. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I was afraid, thinking all these people are gonna show up and they're gonna stone me because Carl Lentz isn't here and, and, I, and they're gonna leave the church and they're gonna be so angry. But instead, we had this incredible service where God moved and the right message was spoken and the right, God had it all planned out. He was working behind the scenes. And so the first thing I wanna tell you, things to remember behind the scenes, because this morning I just wanna release this word to some of you that are facing things that no one else knows. In fact, before I give you these, I'm gonna give you four things to, to do behind the scenes, but I want you to think about what you're facing privately right now that no one else knows about. Maybe you got a text message right before you came in the service. Maybe you're watching online, you just got a, a phone call and, and it just, all of a sudden, your heart's racing, there's panic, there's fear, there's paranoia. Maybe you're an ORU student and, and privately you're thinking, am I gonna have to de-enroll because I don't have the money to even continue in the next few weeks? Am I gonna have to drop out of classes? Maybe you're a parent or maybe, uh, and you have a child that you just found out has a, a learning disability and you weren't planning on some of these curveballs that have been thrown at you. How do you handle the behind the scenes private battles that no one else sees? because your private battles will become your public victories if you handle them well. So number one, things to remember behind the scenes, God is not absent behind the scenes. God is not absent. That might sound so simple and yet it's so profound because many times we forget this 
And when you know who God is and you know that God's not absent, he's present with you behind the scenes, it gives you courage and confidence to face whatever you're walking through. Isaiah 41 says this in verse 10, the message version. He says, don't panic, I'm with you. Just stop right there. Don't panic, God's with you. Don't panic. If you're, if you're feeling panic right now because of financial stress, maybe you're feeling panic because of uh, situations that you're facing. I remember when I was in college and I had worked so hard on a paper, the night before the, the, the paper was due, my computer crashed and I lost 30 pages that I had typed out. Yeah, talk about a moment where I wanted to like scream and cuss and freak out and, and get angry. But thank God that I was able to stay peaceful, stay calm. God was working behind the scenes. He was with me. No matter what you're facing right now, maybe, it's, maybe your company is having layoffs and you're freaking out thinking, are they gonna lay me off? Am I the next guy to go? Take this scripture. Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear. I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. I'll keep a firm grip on you. So don't fear this morning. God is not absent from what you're walking through. I think about the story of the disciples on the boat. Mark chapter four, verse 35. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. And this is one of my favorite stories because I feel like I'm always having to remember that Jesus is with me on the boat. No matter what I'm facing, no matter how rocky it gets, he's with me. He's with me. And if he's with me, no matter who leaves me, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be okay. So the disciples are on this boat, verse 35. It says that they took off and they set sail. They were going across the Sea of Galilee. They were going to have a ministry event. They had left the massive crowd, right? So they left the public uh, uh, meeting. And now behind the scenes, it's just the disciples. Here they are. They're crossing over this lake. And all of a sudden, the wind starts to blow. The waves start to pick up. A storm, it says a seismic storm came upon. This was like uh, an earthquake beneath the waters. It starts to stir and this crazy storm is coming on the disciples. And instead of them being calm, they're freaking out, right? They wake Jesus up and they go, don't you care? We're gonna die. We're drowning right now. Now hold on, pause for a second. They weren't drowning. <laughs> the boat was still afloat. Their boat was not underwater. But when they had settled in their mind that they were dying and drowning, they had already accepted defeat behind the scenes. And could it be that maybe Jesus was trying to teach them in this storm to trust in him behind the scenes? To just settle in their spirit. I know it looks crazy right now. I know I feel like I'm drowning, but I'm not drowning. And he's still with me on the boat. Jesus wakes up and he kind of, you know, it's like, I just imagine Jesus yawning, kind of going, guys, what's going on? And they're like, don't you care? We're gonna die, we're dying, we're drowning, you know? And Jesus goes, come on, where's your faith? Wind, waves, be still. Peace, be still. And in that moment, the storm stopped. And he's saying that to you right now, no matter what's going on in your heart, peace, be still. Peace, be still be still. See, Jesus never promised that we would have a storm-free life, but he did promise we would have a storm-proof life. 
that we would have a, 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 a shield no matter what storm we're going through, that he would be with us. John 16, says that in this life, you will have troubles. You will have difficulties. You will have moments that will be hard, right? Christians are not exempt from difficult moments, but he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. And he says this in verse John 4, verse 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So remember, no matter what you're walking through behind the scenes, he's with me. He's with me. I like to tell myself this every week, especially when I'm like dealing with crazy situations or starting to feel overwhelmed as a young pastor with a, a, a big responsibility to carry this amazing church. I just have to remind myself, wait, this isn't on my shoulders. God's with me. He's got this. He's got this, he's got the finances, he's got the church, he's got the staff, he's got the whole world in his hands and he's with me, he's with me. I think about a story about this family, they were driving down this road and they were in their minivan and mom, dad and four kids and somehow a semi truck had crossed lanes and hit them head on and all four kids flung out of the window into different directions. It was nighttime, it was dark, the parents were flung out. A few minutes after regaining their, their composure, they began to scream and search for each family member. They found their son, they found their daughter, they found their other daughter. They were looking for their youngest son and he found him strung over a, a cow fence and his youngest son was dead. And he was weeping, crying. Everyone else was alive, but their youngest son had died. He didn't know how he was gonna make it. He was a Christian and, and they were a Christian family but they were overwhelmed with grief. And they called their brother, they said, would you come and do his funeral and would you sing a few songs? He was a singer. And as the brother was flying to meet them, this, was, this happened right on the panhandle of Oklahoma, the brother came to meet them and on the way he had this song in his heart. And he started to write this, these words and, and the words went like this, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. God will make a way for me. He will be my guide. He began to write this song, God Will Make a Way. This was Don Moen. Don had no clue that this song years later would bless so many people. He wrote this song specifically for his sister and his brother-in-law. He sang it to them at the funeral and years went by before he ever sang it publicly again. It was a behind the scenes song just for his family. But they said that was the song that just carried us. God will make a way. God will make a way. He works in ways we cannot see. Clearly you are a God who works behind the scenes. He's working for you right now in that legal situation. He's working for you right now in those financial situations. He's working behind the scenes. God will make a way. So what do we do behind the scenes? Number two, we remember that God is working in us behind the scenes. He's working in you right now behind the scenes. Man, I think about the story of David and Goliath, and I love how David, you know, is this young warrior, and he's not afraid to take down this big giant, and he goes after Goliath, and he ends up beating him just with a slingshot and a stone, and then he cuts his head off, and David goes on years later to become the greatest king in Israel until Jesus would come and become the greatest king ever. But I think about how David was this awesome king, but what we don't realize is pause 
behind the scenes, David spent a lot of his time hiding in the caves from the father-in-law, King Saul, who was trying to kill him. Behind the scenes, David faced criticism from his brothers. Behind the scenes, David was uh, 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 the young son that his father didn't really believe there was much potential in. Behind the scenes, David was made fun of by his wife. Behind the scenes, David was constantly pouring his heart out to God in the caves going, God, I thought you gave me a dream. What's happening? And see, I wanna just tell you this morning that behind the scenes, God does some of his greatest work in us before he does work for us. See, God won't change other people that are giving you a hard time in your life until he first changes you. And he wants to work in you this morning. He wants to change things in you. He wants to deal with insecurities and fears and pride and situations where you're all freaking out about and you, you're one of those control freaks. You like to take control. God's working in you behind the scenes. I love this scripture, Philippians 2 verse 13. It says that God is working in you, giving you de the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This morning, you can bank on it that God's working in you. He's working in you. It may not be where you want to be. It may not be the season you wish it was, but he's working in you. I remember when I was working at ORU and I was a janitor and I was hoping that I was going to have a different job, but that was the only job they had available. And I remember picking up nachos out of the ORU baseball stadium and just getting angry because my, my hands had cheese from other people's fingers all over them. And it was disgusting. And then I had to pick up gum and I was like, this is so gross. And God was working in me. He was working in me. I went one summer to work at Maryland, a camp, a kid's camp in Maryland. And when I was there, I remember uh, my, my assignment, my job was just to uh, love on people. Like I had no assignment. They were like, we just want you to love people. I was like, how is that a job? Like, I don't know what to do. And, and I was getting paid $1.60 an hour. I was like, that's not even legal. What's going on here? Like, that's why, you know, we're, we're paying you to love people at only, you know, a dollar. That's all you get. And, uh, but I worked all summer from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And there'd be certain nights where I'd be like, what am I doing? Like, I, I, God, I want to be doing other things. I want to be, there, there's got to be a more glorious thing. And God was saying, I'm working in you. See, the devil will try to stop you behind the scenes before you get to your public platform. He'll try to stop you in those private battles of feeling humiliated, feeling embarrassed at times. I remember for one season, I was the mascot for the Tulsa 66ers. And um, y'all probably don't know that team. They're like NBA, C, D, E, F, G league team. I don't know. One of those, one of, there's somewhere down there. And, and uh, there was not many people coming to the games, but I'd go out there dressed up as Rudy the Rooster and I was sweating and they hadn't, they hadn't cleaned the costume. They hadn't cleaned the costume in like 10 years. So other guys had been wearing it and it smelled like just nachos and, and nastiness. And it was already moist when I put it on, which is just gross. But you know what God was saying to me? I remember one, one game, I went out there and I was going nuts and, and I saw some of my friends from Victory and they were sitting out in the stands and I was like, I'm gonna go over there and say hi to them. And I don't know why I was thinking that, but I went over there and I was like, hey guys. And they're like, who is that dude in that costume? I was like, it's me, it's Paul Doherty. And they're like, oh my goodness, Paul, what are you doing? And then I realized, I was like, no, it's not me. It's not me, it's somebody else. But I realized God was working in me in those moments. And you might be going through a season right now that you don't like. 
But God's working in you. He's working in you and he's preparing you for what he's prepared for you. See, God has to prepare you for what he's prepared for you. He's got to prepare you for what he's prepared for you. He's not going to give something that he's prepared for you until he's prepared you to handle what he's been preparing for you. Sometimes we want to fast forward. We want to get to that next scene and God's saying, hold on, I got you here right now because I'm working in you. I'm working in you. Probably one of my favorite books I've ever read is The Tale of Three Kings. The Tale of Three Kings, it's in our bookstore and and it's this small book. It's about 80 pages by Gene Edwards and I remember reading that book for the first time and I just wept all through it because the book is about King Saul, King David, and King Solomon and it also deals with Absalom. And, uh, and how Absalom came against his father. And most of the times in our lives, we place ourselves as the hero in every story, right? We think, I'm David, my boss is King Saul. That's Absalom trying to take the throne from me and I'm gonna overcome and I'm gonna beat Goliath. You know, we always think that we're the hero, but the book really challenges you to see yourself and examine yourself as maybe you are Saul. And maybe you have allowed jealousy inside you and insecurity. Maybe you are threatened by people around you. Maybe you are Absalom, and maybe you do have a spirit of dishonor towards the leaders that God's placed in your life. And the book is all about God working in you before he launches you publicly. It's about God working in you privately, behind the scenes, when no one else is watching. Learning to trust God, not trying to take the kingdom. David had a chance to kill Saul behind the scenes. When no one was watching, it was just him and Saul in a cave. This was his moment. But notice how David trusted God behind the scenes. David said, no, no, no. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. This is not my kingdom to take. I will not kill King Saul. For my time and when God wants me to be king is in his hands, not in my hands. So I will trust him behind the scenes. And he told Saul, Saul, I had the chance to take you, but I didn't do it. See, God's looking for men and women who will enroll in the university of brokenness, who will enroll into the school of humility and say, God, though it may not be my favorite season, I'm gonna let you work in me behind the scenes to do what you want me to do. Teach me how to honor you. Number three, God is working for you behind the scenes. He's working for you behind the scenes. It may not seem like it, but he is. He is. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Gideon. And Gideon's story is really, it's, it's a story about a young guy who thinks he's a weakling, who says, I'm the youngest in my family, I'm the weakest in my family, I don't have what it takes, I feel inadequate, I'm the last guy that God would choose, and yet God sends an angel to Gideon and says, Gideon, you're my man. You're gonna help lead Israel out of this captivity. You're gonna help defeat the enemy armies that have been oppressing your people, Israel. And Gideon goes, you got the wrong guy. Like, I'm not that kind of leader. I'm not a warrior. And God says, yes, you are. And Gideon asks for signs and God gives him signs. And then Gideon says, well, now I need a big army to take down the other big army. And so this big army gathers around Gideon and little by little, God begins to strip the army down. He says, Gideon, this army's too big. You're gonna think that when you win this war, it was all you. But I want you to know when you win this war, it's all me. I don't want man to have any glory in the miracle that I'm about to do. 
And so little by little, Gideon starts losing more and more men until he gets down to 300 guys. This is the original 300. Like the movie was probably inspired from Gideon, right? So Gideon is with these 300 guys and you can only imagine the fear. He's facing a vast army. The army can't even be counted. They outnumber the sand on the seashore. Like he's facing a million man army that's coming against him and he only has 300 guys. And so God says, hey Gideon, I want you to just sneak down into the enemy camp tonight. And I want you to hide out and listen to what they're saying about you. And so Gideon goes down there and he's kind of hiding behind these tents. And you can only, you know, just imagine Gideon's freaking out because there's like there's a million people coming against him and he only has 300 guys. But as he's listening to the, the conversation in those tents, he starts to hear them talk about how God is fighting for Gideon how God has given Gideon all of his enemies. And all of a sudden, Gideon gets this courage and this confidence, and he runs back to his camp, and he says, guys, get up. The Lord has given us the victory. Get up. The Lord has given us the victory. And this morning, I want to just tell you, God is fighting for you. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's got your back. He's not going to let you down. You don't have to fear. He's fighting for you. Just as I said earlier in Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 that God was speaking through Moses to Joshua to say, Joshua, don't be intimidated by what you're facing. I've given you the army. I've given you the battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know what I told myself when I found out that Carl Lentz couldn't come? I said, okay, God, you got this. You got the right person to come in his place. And God sure enough did. He came through. When I called Banning, Banning said, I had nothing on my schedule on Wednesday. I'm your guy. It's as if God had already prepared the way for me to be with your church. See, God's working on your behalf with other people that you don't even know about, you haven't even connected with. God's preparing the funding for your college that you haven't even connected with. They might be sitting in this room, but he's got the answer to your problem. You just gotta trust him behind the scenes that he is working for you. Somebody say, God's working for me. See, oftentimes we think I've gotta work in order for God to work for me, but God's saying rest, rest. See, faith is not about leaping. Faith is about relaxing. I used to think that faith was always that I have to leap out, step out on the water, and walk on water. But oftentimes, faith is going, okay, God, you got this. God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to rest that you're working behind the scenes. When you go to sleep, God goes to work. He does. See, a theology that says we always have to work in order for God to work, and that's not the Bible, that's not the gospel, because Jesus conquered sin and death without anything that you did. You didn't earn that. He just did it, right? When Jesus gave Peter that big catch of fish, right, he had already set that fish out there for Peter to catch. When Lazarus came back from the dead, did Lazarus do anything to come back from the dead? No, he was dead, but Jesus brought him back to life. So no matter what you're facing right now, yeah, you have a part to play, but it does not all depend upon you. God is way bigger than you are. You need to trust that he's got this thing. Hey, who's the head of the church? Who's the head of the church? Jesus is. The question is, is he the head of your life? Because he's the head of this church. 
If I think the whole church depends upon me doing my job, then I've got it all mixed up. It's God, like he's got this. I show up and I just do my little part, but this is his thing. And the same thing goes with my marriage, my family, as a dad, when I was in college, I have to trust that God's the head of my life and that he's working even when I'm sleeping and that he's preparing all that I need. He's got the provision lined up. He's got the protection lined up. I love this scripture, Psalm 138 verse eight says, God will perfect that which concerns you. He's gonna work out his plans for your life. That means that closed doors are not an accident. So when you have a closed door in your life, something that you were planning on, a prayer that you prayed that gets unanswered, that means God's got something better. He's got someone better. I remember when I was at ORU and this girl that I really liked, I thought she was gonna be my wife. I literally prayed and I was thinking, that's gonna be the girl. But I wasn't hearing from God, I was hearing from some other spirit. I asked this girl out multiple times and, and the door just kept getting slammed in my face. And I thought, well, that means I'm supposed to keep going even harder and harder, you know? And, uh, and so finally God said, Paul, this isn't the right girl for you. Like you're pursuing a closed door that I have someone way better for you. I have someone so much better for you. So I walked away from the door. I didn't know who it was. See, sometimes we won't walk away until we see another open door, but sometimes God's saying, I want you to walk away even when you don't see another open door. Just trust me to leave that one closed and move forward. If you didn't get the job, if you didn't get the guy or the girl, just trust that God's working for you behind the scenes. He's got something better for you. If you didn't get the promotion, he's got something better for you. And so I did, I moved on and a year later, that same girl, I still didn't have Ashley in my life yet, but she was there. She was in my life. God just wasn't ready yet to reveal both of us what was going to happen. But that same girl, she came to me and she said, I'm ready to date you now. I said, it's too late. God already showed me you're a closed door. I'm not supposed to touch you. Like she asked me out on a date. I said, sorry, nope. God's got someone better <laughs> for you too. And she ended up with the right person. But I think about how sometimes we think, man, if it's not happening the way I want it to happen, then God's not working for me. That is such a lie. God is working for you even when it doesn't go the way you want it to go. Can I tell you this too? Romans chapter eight, I love this, uh, this scripture. Romans eight verse 28 says, if God is for us, who can be against, or God causes everything to work together for good. Cut the tapes, edit that, here we go. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Can you just this morning, let's just release our faith in God. Lord, you're working all things together. God, you're working all things together for good. If it didn't happen, it's because you didn't want it to happen. It's because you got something better. You're working all things together for good. Then he goes on to say this, verse 31. He says, what should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. He's working on your behalf. See, when you trust in him, when you allow him to work in you, he's gonna work for you. But you can't get it mixed up. You can't think he's gonna work for you when you're not letting him work in you. But if you'll let him work in you and get your heart surrendered to him, and say, Lord, I want your will, not my will. Thy kingdom come, not my kingdom come, thy kingdom come in my life. When you allow his kingdom and his will to be done in your life, he goes to work for you. He releases angels on your behalf. 
I want the band to come up as I get ready to close. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, he who started this work in you will be faithful to complete it. He'll bring you to a flourishing finish. So faith is about relaxing in his truth. Rather than thinking you gotta immediately jump into the work mode, just saying, God, you got this. Faith, I think faith starts out like this. Before you step out of the boat and walk on the water, faith just starts off in a posture of rest. Lord, you got this. You got this. It's all you, God. I trust in you. I want to speak to a husband or a wife this morning that your marriage is on the rocks. He's working behind the scenes in your wife. He's working behind the scenes in your husband. I've seen incredible miracles happen in marriages where the husband or the wife, instead of trying to fix or change or try and take control of everything, just came to the altar and said, God, I can't do it, but you can. So go to work on my behalf. I'm surrendered to you. And God has done crazy miracles in marriages connected with our church. I've seen God do it in businesses and finances. For whatever age or season you're in, God wants to help you. But you've got to stay surrendered to him. You've got to believe that he's going to help you. You've got to believe that he's got the provision that you need. You've got to trust him, worship him, pray, surrender to him. I love what Dr. Billy Wilson said in the last service. He said, God won't let you die until he finishes what he's called you to do. God won't let you die until you finish what he's called you to do. So your time is in his hands. You can rest. Like if you're still breathing, God's not done. And your best days are not behind you. They're in front of you, right? You guys have heard me share my testimony of driving up to our church during a season where I was discouraged, I was overwhelmed, I was afraid. I felt like uh, I, I, I didn't have what it took. I felt like my best days were behind me. I was missing my dad because he had passed away. And I felt like, you know, God, I, I just don't know what our future holds. But God changed the confession that was coming out of my mouth because I was speaking words of doubt and fear and discouragement. God said, change the narrative. And he gave me some words to speak. And now we say them every week. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days and the best days for this church are still in front of us. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. See, some of us, we just let discouragement and a spirit of finality come on us. We think it's over. This is the final scene. God's working for you. I want to just share a, a story I've never shared to our church, but I felt to share it this weekend. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that I don't tell y'all about, that I probably can't tell y'all about until like 30 years from now when some people aren't here. <laughs> I'm not talking to y'all, I'm talking about other people. No. Uh, my first week stepping in as pastor, me and Ashley, um, I got a phone call from a wealthy person that uh, just had helped over the years at our church and, and helped in different ways. And, and when I went in to meet them at their office, they said, okay, I wanna, I wanna help Victory. I wanna keep helping Victory, 
but here's a list of things that I need to see happen. And immediately my heart sank because it was almost as if he was saying, and this was the words that were spoken, if you don't do those things, I'm not gonna stay here and I'm not gonna give anymore. And God just checked my heart and said, Paul, is your trust in man's money or is your trust in my money? Is your trust in what man can do? Are you gonna live the rest of your life surrendered to people because they're the ones who fund the ministry. No, God's the one who funds the ministry. And I'm sitting there, literally an hour had passed and I hadn't said a word. I'm just listening to the reasoning behind all the things he wanted. And they weren't wicked things. They weren't like immoral things, bad things, but they weren't God's will. They were things that just were not God's will. And I knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt, God said, no, no. And I said, sir, man, I wish, I wish things were different. I can't do what you're asking me to do. And if that means that you gotta leave the church, I understand. I'm gonna miss you because I love you. We love you, but I can't do it. I can't do that. And so they left and, and, and it was hard because I was thinking, God, you're gonna bring a reward like the next week. God never brought that reward the next week or the next month or the next few months. In fact, week by week, I would stress behind the scenes, y'all don't know this because I don't tell you, but behind the scenes, every time I would see financial reports, I was going, God, dad, pray for me because I'm young and I just, I got two babies in diapers and I'm just praying that you got this, God, you got this, this isn't me, this isn't my church, this is your church. So God, you don't call people to positions where you don't provide the grace for them to carry it. So Lord, I passed the test, I think, but I'm still waiting for the harvest on that test. And um, a year went by and each week just stressed and having to cast my cares on the Lord and having to say, God, you're working behind the scenes. I know you are. I know you're working behind the scenes. You're working in me. If anything, you're working in me. You're teaching me not to trust in man. The pressure's not on the people. The pressure's on God. God, you got this. And uh, a year went by and I was saying, Lord, you know, if we have to do things, if we have to make changes, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And Sometimes when you're stressed and you're worrying because situations hit you so hard, you forget how blessed you still are. You lose the spirit of gratitude and you get all worried and upset. And God said, Paul, you need to be thankful because the church is still debt free. And I was going, thank you, Jesus, you're right. See, the devil wants to blind you of the blessings that you have to get you worried, thinking I don't have what I wanna have. but you have so much more than you used to have and you're in a way better place than you realize and you're making way more progress than you think you are. The devil was trying to convince me that I hadn't made any progress and, and, and that I was losing even though we weren't losing. But the devil convinces you that you're losing. I thought what Banning Leapshire said was so good. He said, so many times we think we're down, but look at the scoreboard. We are in a, we're winning the game. We are winning the game. And, and, and 
you know, so I was having to fight this battle in my mind. And I think that's what it is. It's a battle in the mind. Your private battles can result in public victories, but you got to win in the mind. You got to win between the ears and your thoughts. And so, and I started thinking about Gideon, how God really dwindled Gideon down to 300 before Gideon would win the war. So that way Gideon would know it was all God. It wasn't man, it was God. I remember telling our staff that, hey, you know what? No matter what, God's with us, God's for us. We're a staff, you know, we, we're strong together. And, and you might feel like you're, you're working three extra jobs and, 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 and you're one person, how can you do it? But God's with us and he's gonna help us. I can only imagine those 300 guys with Gideon just going, okay, we're taking on a million army here. So a year went by and, and so now we're in 2015 and, and that fall I was speaking in one of our VBC classes and I was talking about not trusting in man but trusting in God for your finances, trusting in God. If God's called you to Victor Bible College, he's gonna help you, he's gonna, he's gonna fund the way for you but you gotta trust in him. You gotta do your part but you gotta trust in him. And I was talking a little bit about some of the things that we've walked through and, and sharing some of my parents, my mom and dad's stories of just faith in God that he's working behind the scenes and them releasing seed, because I do believe that your seed paves the way for your harvest. And so when you're going through tight times, don't quit your seed. Don't quit your seed because that's setting you up for your harvest. The devil will try to stop you from being generous, thinking that the more you hold it all in, that you're gonna somehow get out. But I'm telling you, when you seed your way, into your victory it's a way better testimony than trying to hold it all in and hope that you get enough so anyways we're sowing we're seeding we're you know we're doing what we need to do and this person says hey i started coming to victory right around the time that you stepped in i wasn't here when your dad was preaching so i don't know what he was like but i just want you to know you're doing a good job and i just want you to know that man um, I see, I don't know what your dad was like, but I see just his spirit and your mom's spirit flowing through you as you're preaching and ministering and teaching in the Bible school classes. And come January of 2016, we wanna help the church out. We got, we got some stuff going on in our business and we just wanna help you out. So I didn't think a whole lot about it. I was like, okay, well, we'll take any help we can get, praise God. And uh, January rolled around. And that week we got a phone call from this person. He said, hey, the check's ready for the church. And um, it was the largest one-time check that's ever been written in the history of our church, over a million dollars. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I, me and Ashley, we called my mom and, and she was crying because she said, Paul, that's, that's a harvest on seeds that your dad and I have been sowing. Your dad never saw a, 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 a harvest that big from one person that just sowed into the church. And it hit us at a perfect time as a church because we had a lot of things we had to pay for, a lot of bills. And, and God had given us this vision for TV and for other things. And, and you know what God reminded me? He said, Paul, I'm faithful. I'm working behind the scenes. Even when you feel like you're losing, even when you feel like it's not gonna work out, I'm working for you and in you, and I'm not finished with you yet. Not only that, but Ashley and I had been praying for a way that we could bless our staff, because um, they'd been working so hard, and that same person said, hey, 
I want to take your whole staff out to eat and pay for their meals at the restaurant of your choice. And it was one of the coolest things for our staff to experience that kind of a blessing. And I share that story with you because some of you right now feel like God has stopped working for you behind the scenes. And I've been there when my father passed away. Sometimes we get discouraged and we think, well, my prayers didn't get answered. Where are you, God? Where were you? He's right there with you. He's right there with you. And you don't know the reason behind all the things. The secret things belong to the Lord. And I've realized to just leave it there rather than try and figure out all the secrets, just leave it with the Lord. Why things don't happen the way we want them to happen or when they happen or how they should happen. Just let God be God. You're not God. But God's not only with you on the boat in the storm, He's going to work in you. He's going to work for you. And the last point is this, number four, he's working through you for the world. See, that seed wasn't just for us as a church. We were able to sow what was brought in as a seed into other ministries and other people that are hurting, that need help. In fact, one pastor that's been struggling, we as a church, we were able to sow into their ministry. In fact, this next week, we're going to sow a seed into the floods that have happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, because we've got churches and Christians there that have been damaged by the floods that have hit all over Louisiana. See, you Your blessing that's coming to you is not just for you. It's meant to flow through you to the people around you. God's working behind the scenes, not just on your behalf, but for the people that he's called you to reach, for the people he's called you to bless. God has a plan. I want you to stand up on your feet this morning. He's working behind the scenes for you. He sees you in the very back. He sees you in the middle. He sees right where you are. He knows the private battles that no one else knows. The private struggles, the ones you won't even write on a prayer request because you're afraid your spouse is looking. You're afraid what people might think if they saw and thought that's him, that's her. He knows the bondages, the addictions, the strongholds, the things, the generational curses that you've been privately battling, wishing that they would be broken. And this morning, I just want you to know he's working in you. He's working for you and he wants to work through you for the world. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed, maybe this morning you've lost sight of God being on the throne. Maybe you've been worrying, panicking, trying to figure out how to make it all work this morning. Why don't you release that private battle to the Lord who works behind the scenes, to the God who's working right now in ways you cannot see. He's making a way right now. If you just need to release something to the Lord, just raise your hand all over this room. In fact, maybe raise both your hands. Just say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. This private battle, Lord, it's yours. The financial worry, the stress, the habit, the addiction, the the, the the stress, the strife in my home, the stuff going on between me and that person. Maybe it's between you and a family member. Just release it to the Lord who works behind the scenes because he's working for you right now. He's working in you right now. He wants to let you know he's with you behind the scenes. He's got a plan to use your test as a test to use the mess you're in as a message of his glory. 
If you raised your hands, I want you to just leave your seat. Come down to this altar right now. I want to pray for all those this morning that are walking through a private battle to just turn the devil on his head this morning and say, Satan, you're not going to win the victory. Satan, I'm not giving in to fear. Satan, I'm not keeping this hidden. I'm bringing it out in the open and I'm saying, God, you are working behind the scenes in me, for me, through me. You are with me no matter what I'm facing. Come on, just give it to him right now. Just release it to him right now. Yeah, just sing those words. I am yours. 